It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shake Back Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shake Back Sports show from Apple Podcasts, continuing the latest episode. Was four days before the draft, and out a creature was stirring, or whatever, however that goes, man. You know what it is. Shake Back Sports Show OT, baby. John Motley, Willie Epstein Jr., man. We holding it down. We got some draft dreams to talk about. John, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing outstanding. One of the best weeks of the year, right here. So I'm blessed to be here, and I um, want to thank you know, God for up above, you know, answering prayers for my dad. So thank you for allowing me to be here today. Yes, sir. And uh, I saw that earlier. I didn't get a chance to holler at you about that. So how is he doing? First of all, he's, he's doing well. He's out of uh, surgery. He's in recovery now. So of course he's going to be there uh, at least for the next 24 to 48 hours. So, you know, he is 67. So continue to have many of your prayers if you would for me and everybody out there. Thank you for all your prayers. And is, is and of course a man above because without him nothing would be possible. So, amen to that. Amen to that. So we are uh, it's draft week, and uh, we will be at it. We being the Big Game Christian Sports Network will be live at TJ's Catfish and Wings on Thursday, seven o'clock, live, live, live broadcasting on Twitch as well as Facebook. So we are very excited. John and I are going to get into uh, our teams, the Raiders and the Cowboys. As you can see, we decked out in our gear. So, John, man, if you are ready to go, let's get this. You ready? Hey, I'm ready as ever. I'm going to be. All right, let's get it. Yes, sir. So, you know, we had to get that intro in. That's how you know what time it is. The Shakeback Sports Show OT, powered by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. Thank you guys out there for checking us out. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, as well as Periscope. For the show, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm going to put the banner up right now so you can see that for your viewing pleasure as well. And you know what? I'm going to shout it out as well because this thing will be going to podcast uh, immediately after the completion of this of this show. So, there you are right there. You can check us out on Instagram at Shakeback Sports 1, on Twitter at Shakeback Show, and for the network at BGC Sports 1 and BGC Sports 2 on Twitter and on Instagram at BGC Sports 1. All right, man. So uh, this, is, uh, this is like the week of Christmas if you are an NFL fan, and I know that all you guys out there, we appreciate you once again that are checking us out, uh, whatever team that you are a fan of. It seems like to me that this is the week where we all really have high hopes. And uh, come Thursday at 7 o'clock, uh, we'll have the number one pick, Roger Goodell, will be at the podium to announce the Jacksonville Jaguars' first pick. I think we can safely say that that will be Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from the Clemson Tigers, the 
national champion of his freshman year. That dude, man, went to the college football playoff all four years while, or all three years while he was there at Clemson. So he is the odds-on favorite or really the certain pick to be number one. John, do you see any way whatsoever that Urban Meyer would decline on picking Trevor Lawrence at the number one spot in this year's draft? Well, I can because I'm a Justin Fields guy, and they've been going neck and neck for quite some time now. But I think that it's safe to say Trevor Lawrence, based off of all the scouts and everything, he's going to be the number one pick. But on my board, I have Justin Fields right there with him. And those two guys have been battling for quarterback supremacy in the state of Georgia all the way back to when they were in high school. Um, of course, Justin Fields wound up going to Georgia, didn't work out there. So he transferred to Ohio State. Uh, Trevor Lawrence came in as a bright-eyed, true freshman looking like sunshine from Remember the Titans. And uh, all he did was go in and unseat Kelly Bryant as the starting quarterback there at Clemson. And look, like they said on like <laughs> like they said on Love and Basketball, it was Kira. Never let a freshman take your spot. And uh, that is exactly what happened as Kelly Bryant went on to the University of Missouri and played there. So okay, so we I think the whole universe is uh, is is in agreement with in agreement with the fact that. Trevor Lawrence will go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, man, of course, they got brand-new head coach Urban Meyer. And you know what? It's kind of tantalizing to think that Justin Fields could wind up being selected by Urban Meyer if that's the – I mean, if that were to happen. I mean, <laughs> mm -hmm. would that be like one of the most intriguing upsets of all time as far as drafting goes? I think going all the way back to 2017 – or maybe 18, whenever it was that Baker Mayfield was chosen first overall, that surprised everybody. Hey, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So, so the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, they're obviously in rebuilding mode. They got a lot of room under the cap. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 70-something million. And uh, they've got the pieces uh, as far as money goes. And, and with the draft capital, with the way that that goes, they can actually uh, put themselves in a position to be good much sooner probably than later. All right, uh, Michael James Hamilton was going to join us on this episode. He's a San Francisco 49er fan. Um, and since he's not here, we can just ragtag the 49ers and talk about how yes. sorry they are. So uh, let's do that, John, since Michael's not here to, to defend himself. Uh, we all know that they traded up to the third pick, and the speculation around it is that they don't know who they're going to get. I saw a report just a few minutes ago that they have five – they have targeted five quarterbacks, which I probably I'm thinking that's probably just – uh, propaganda, but realistically, we know it's going to really come down to three: Trey Lance of North Dakota State, Mac Jones from the University of Alabama, and your guy Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Now they have Jimmy Garoppolo already there, and we saw in the Super Bowl uh, two years ago, rather against the San Francisco or against the Kansas City Chiefs, the difference between a forty million dollar a quarter year quarterback and a twenty five million dollar a year quarterback. So Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you believe that he is going to be entrenched as a starter uh, week one in 2021? No. No? Okay. Let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> well, I just feel like there are better options in the draft right now. I really believe that if they could unload his contract, if somebody came along with an offer, of course they're going to keep him if the dead money, you know, equals out to, you know, whether or not, you know, if the dead money is too extreme, then why trade him? And they'll just keep him as a backup. Of course, 
with the idea that if something comes along, they can unload the contract. They'll still have to take the cap hit, but with a young quarterback and the guy that I'm really looking at that fits perfectly with the San Francisco 49ers, because ideally speaking, I see Wilson going too. I see Fields going right there because that right there is the sweet spot. And if the idea comes across anyone's mind as far as the medical issue that came about, and those are rumors for what I understand at the moment. And so I look at it like, hey, you give him a veteran presence to coincide with that Justin Fields. And then, of course, if Fields isn't there, then, of course, either Wilson or Lance would be the option. But I would always think – I think Wilson be a little bit right above the other two, even though for me personally, I go Fields. Yeah, and the 49ers actually um... – they have they have needs on the defensive end, or I'm sorry, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they need some help on the offensive line as well. They need help in the secondary because Richard Sherman is still a free agent, and by all accounts, he's not going to be returning back to them. So, yeah, they they have a they have a serviceable quarterback now. I mean, he obviously helped them get to the Super Bowl two years ago, and you would think that with a little bit more development, you know, you you could arguably say that they were one missed pass away from being the world champions. Now, I know their defense was tremendous that year, and Nick Bosa, who is a horse, was out, what, most of last year with the torn ACL, I believe it was. Yes, he was. So, they're, they're, I guess you with, with the, with the, with the uh, defensive line, you can never have too many horses, uh, and particularly what they're going to be facing in that division. You got Kyler Murray, who's already mm-hmm. given – the 49ers fits since he's been in the league. You still have Russell Wilson up in Seattle. Now you have Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles. So it seems to me that the the, the division in terms of quarterbacking has been upgraded with Goff and uh, Stafford being traded for each other and Goff now being in Detroit and, of course, <laughs> Stafford being in L.A. So – I don't believe that you can have too many horses to rush the passer. Um, but the quarterback is probably the most important position of all of sports. Would, would you agree with that assessment in terms of what their needs are on the defensive line? Oh, definitely. Their, their needs, they have a need for me at defensive line. I could see a corner or safety coming in and helping San Francisco. However, when they made that decision to trade up to number three, that let everybody know that, the only time you you pay that kind of ransom or to get up that high is because of quarterback. Now, I think the Mac Jones situation has kind of pushed all the quarterbacks to the top five. And I think sometimes that exposes teams to reach. And that's where the Mitchell Trubisky's of the world, you know, get pat, you know, they get picked at number two where Patrick Mahomes was just a few picks later had, you know, and that's, that's one thing about evaluating quarterbacks is the, it's the risk reward factor because if you hit, you can have, you know, your franchise quarterback for the next 10, 15 years, or, you know, where a defensive end, don't get me wrong. Prime example is DeMarcus Ware for me mm-hmm. and, you know, great player, but, you know, without that, you know, championship style quarterback. And of course I'm a Romo fan, but we'll get into that later. But I think that he was a missing, you know, had we had a, a different level quarterback, maybe that would have 
landed us in a championship era at that point. So th I guess that's why I look at quarterback first, and then we can build the team. And then, of course, defensive end is next because you either you pressure quarterbacks or you've got a good quarterback. Either way, it's a quarterback-driven league. Exactly. And for the, for the 49ers on their D-line as it's currently constructed, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Nick Bosa, we don't know. Uh, I mean, we're hoping, if you're a 49ers fan, you're hoping that uh, that Nick Bosa is able to come back full strength because what he did to Kansas City in the Super Bowl, I think he got, what, 16 pressures by himself in that game? He is definitely one of the, like, he's a true generational talent. Now, you know, you know, it's important that he, you know, of course, the ACL, you can't control those type of things. So, however, you know, he it's, it's very important that, you know, they cover their bases just in case because, you know, sometimes uh, what I've heard many times over the years is like it's usually the, the second year from the injury that, you know, they see the most improvement. So take that for what it's worth with medical technology of today. So Right. And they did they did lose Solomon Thomas to free agency to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they did sign Arden Key from the Raiders to, <laughs> to, to, to maybe help out with that defensive uh, that defensive line and maybe providing a little a little spark or a little depth there. Now on the offensive end, I mean we've talked about the quarterback at nauseum. Uh, the running back they seem to be set at with Raheem Mostert, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. They also just signed Wayne Gallman from the New York Giants. Wayne Gallman was a beast at Clemson. He was a beast at Clemson, and he filled in very very well. For Saquon Barkley, when Barkley went out with the ACL, of course they got Debo Samuel, uh, as uh, Mike would say, tuck your chain. He look, we had a Super Bowl party that year, and uh, Mike was all in the back, tuck your chain, tuck your chain. <laughs> so we're, and, 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 look, Debo Samuel is a playmaker. They got Brandon Ayuk, of course, at wide receiver, Richie James, and probably the second or third best tight end in all of football with George Kittle coming off of a, a leg injury himself. Uh, the offensive line at center is, is pretty solid with Alex Mack. Um, but, I, I look, I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, look, they're going to have to – I know they're going to try to probably trade them for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of these things happen, like, right at draft day or on draft day at some point. With them having a third overall pick, um, you know, who knows? I know that Kyle Shanahan has come out in record and saying that he – he loves Justin Fields, but he they seem to be leaning towards Mac Jones, which in my opinion would be a little bit of a mistake based on what we've seen from both of those two guys. All right, so we didn't really talk too bad about the 49ers. Let's go ahead and dig into uh <laughs> let's dig yeah. into the Dallas Cowboys. Um okay. we know okay, j j this is John's team, by the way. Uh Dak Prescott got his dollars. He's paid. Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> got his dollars. He's paid. They've got Tony Pollard in the backfield. Uh, they've got, of course, CeeDee Lamb and <laughs> CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, as well as Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Look, the offensive stack as far as skilled players go. I think we know out there, ladies and gentlemen, what the Cowboys' needs are. But I'm going to let John go ahead and talk about that. Okay. Well, the first thing that their need is – Working on the sec, I mean the secondary, the defense, and as a whole, the defensive line against the run last year was just horrendous. Uh, the secondary, you know, of course, you know, the safety issue prior to Donovan Wilson finally solidifying that free safety position, um, like that made bold a bold move actually help 
showed Cowboy fans really what they need to be focusing on right now is developing young talent because of Donovan Wilson, of course, you know, was making, you know, third year minimum this coming year, maybe with, you know, his contract. Of course, the reason I mentioned that is because those draft picks later in the draft are so important that, you know, because when you're paying $40 million to your starting quarterback a year on average, then it's important to replace these other players or find these young gems, as I like to call them, and they're littered all over the draft. To me, there's no such thing as a bad draft. There's bad drafters involved. And so when I say that, you know, the Cowboys, I've studied them more than any other team and it, than anybody. I mean, 32 teams, the Cowboys are number one. And I've studied Jerry Jones this entire draft process for, since 1989. And the one thing that I know is Jerry loves glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. However, he realizes that it's time to go, you know, take care of the fans and get that Super Bowl because, you know, the like I told someone today, and I really believe this, if the Cowboys do not come away with this draft with an A, their chances of making the playoff are going to be limited. Well, they have in their favor that they play in the NFC least. I mean, East. So, yeah, they were horrendous defensively last year. I enjoyed every minute of it. I particularly enjoyed when um, OBJ took that reverse and took it all the way down the field for a score. I also mm-hmm. enjoyed it when Jarvis Landry threw a touchdown pass to him in that game. But, you know, real talk, the Cowboys – Look, the offense is, is loaded, and the offensive line, I think a lot for them is going to depend on how Tyron Smith comes back, Zach Martin comes back, um, also Lyle Collins comes back. You know, a, a, a great deal is going to be placed on them, and Smith has been injured, like, every year for, like, the last four or five years. I mean, he's missed significant time. So, well, so let me ask you about this, because the bells and whistles are out there about tight end from Florida, Kyle Pitts and how Jerry is so enamored with him. And as you stated, John, he is the glitzy pick, or he's the glitzy picker. How upset would you be if, and I know it's not, it's probably not going to happen because I saw a report today that uh, there's probably no chance that they're going to move up from the 10th spot to try to get Pitts. But if he, were, if he were to do that, to go get Kyle Pitts, what would that say to you about their drafting process as, as a fan? Not necessarily as an evaluator or somebody like, you know, we're trying to pretend like we're experts in this and knowing, knowing exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But what would that do for you as a fan if they were to move up to try to get uh, Mr. Pitts out of Florida? The player I loved, and I stated that from the very first time I saw him, and that was months ago, um, to say this though, if they pick if they pick him and if they trade up to pick him, now it's a whole different ball game if he slides to ten. He ain't sliding to ten. But if they trade up, which exactly, and that, that's what I was going to go into, because uh, I mean that tremendous talent right there. However, you know if he, you know it's just no way, shape, or form that I could buy into that as the right move. Looking at it, even though like they would have to do a bunch of other moves to make me feel better. They, that means that they would, by making that one simple move, they would have to definitely get rid of either Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup, one of the two, because whether it's Cooper's contract or Gallup coming into the final year of his deal, so those moves would have to be made to make it make sense. Because like I t- tried to mention to someone, who's going to get the ball? 
mm-hmm. like on average 60 to 80 plays a game so yeah. are we not running the ball at all so these are questions that like when i break down the offense you know is it going to be addition by subtraction or is it going to be other? and these are things that i think about so as a, a team builder or a, would love to be a you know general manager type mentality you know definitely i'm looking at accu- accumulating picks first because i'm always looking at if you're going to offer me a first or a second in the future, I'll even trade it down. However, you know, if I'm going to stay at 10, and if you want to know what would make John Motley happy, it would be certain to fall to that. And if he's right, because I have certain and Parsons right there mm-hmm. together. And I would be happy with either one of those on the defense. And the whole thing about – Amari Cooper, which, well, let me just go back for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to remember that they just signed Amari Cooper to a $20 million a year deal last year. He ain't going nowhere. Okay. Um, they just signed Blake Jarwin, the tight end that they currently have, to an extension. Even though he had the ACL, I don't think he's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So if I move up to, or then if I trade Gallup, and, and or there's a deal involving Michael Gallup. Okay, yeah, he's still on his rookie deal, but so what? So, but if I trade my tenth pick, knowing that I need offensive line help and secondary help, I am not trying to hear Jerry and Steven say we're gonna have the most potent offense in the league. We got Kyle Pitts. Whenever you just signed Jarwin and Cooper to these extensions, that wouldn't make any sense. But I think I think Jerry has um has has given the reins more over to Steven than we probably think. Now just think about what would have happened if Jerry would have drafted Johnny Manziel back in whatever it was. That would have been <laughs> Look, let me tell you, Willie. Look, I'm gonna tell you, you just hit the nail like right on the head because 2014, when Zach Martin got picked over Johnny Manziel. Anybody can go back and do analysts. Like, I mean, you're going to see the transition from the Cowboys, the way Jerry used to run it, to the Cowboys we have today. And they are, like, more in line. Now, I think, this is me personally, I think that they know how to play good cop, bad cop, or however you want to spin it in Dallas. Because now they realize, because everybody's painting Steven as the bad guy because he don't want to go win it all. And Jerry's sitting back saying, see, you know, you wish you had me now, don't you? And that's really a way that Jerry is still in control. Right. Well, uh, I'm looking at one of the latest mock drafts, and I don't know how happy this will or won't make certain people out there how they feel. But I'm looking at the latest mock draft from CBSSports.com, and they have the Cowboys – trading out of the 10th pick to the new to the new england patriots with (laughs) with the patriots selecting trey lance quarterback from north dakota state and that's with the i'm sorry with that's with patrick sertain the second going number 12 (laughs) to the philadelphia eagles Look, these mock drafts are called mocks yeah. for that reason. I don't think that anybody thinks that's going to happen. Um, I don't know if Sertan's going to be available at at 10. 
because the kid from South Carolina, Joe Joe Horn's son, Joe, Jace Horn, um, they're saying that those two guys are neck and neck, and they both got NFL pred- pedigree. Of course, Patrick Sertan, the first, is Patrick Sertan the second's dad, and he played in the NFL for a long time as well. So, Cowboy fans, we ask you to weigh in on social media. We got the t- we got the we got the comment section ready to go. You tell me and John who would you rather who would you like to see the Cowboys select at number ten? Um, John, so this is this is where the rubber meets the road. You're in the war room. Your name is John Jones or Stephen Motley or whatever. Okay. Jerry Jerry Motley, and the the clock is running. And your your the big person the your, the number one person on your big board. It's Sertan. The number two person on your big board is Kyle Pitts. Both are gone. Where are you going? Uh, Horn. Horn? Yeah, so you, you can pair. Look, you could pair Horn and Diggs in the in the secondary. Diggs, he had some struggles last year, but that's that's to be expected as a rookie. Um, he was actually really good a lot of different times, but he was also bad at some other times. I think a full training camp, and a full offseason is going to be very beneficial to him. Um, for And for the Cowboys to be able to get that dude in the second round the way that they did was nothing short of remarkable. So they will be on their way. And if you can get those two cover guys that can essentially shut down one side of the field at one point or another, then guess what? That Or if you can get some, if you can get some, some pass rush from Demarcus Lawrence and from Randy Gregory and whoever else they bring in, uh, then you can actually – help out the uh, the backside of the defense. Now, let me ask you one other question, too, because um, mm-hmm. I think this is important in terms of what the Cowboys are doing defensively. Going from a 3-4, from the dinosaur defensive unit or defensive uh, strategy that plagued them last year with Mr. Nolan to now having uh, Dan – what is his name? Dan, 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 Dan. What's Dan's last Quinn. name? Dan Quinn from the Atlanta Falcons. So – the, the scheme is going to change. How much of a difference is it going to make for those down linemen that are like DeMarcus Lawrence, who was better against the run last year than he was against the pass? I think it's going to free him up. I think that's the plan is try to get him on like more to get him some help inside, you know, help, you know, at least bodies, you know, and I think there's a couple free agents out there that can still be looked at, whether undrafted or otherwise. Oh, uh, but it's important to remember that it's the big, quick body next to him helps his game because anytime you can, because he's going to get double teamed every game because he's the premier defensive line. Now, Randy Gregory stepping up is going to be huge as well. So if you go corner, then Gregory is going to help. And then, you know, we'll talk, you know, later on about, you know, some of the other defensive ends that I got my eye on as far as for, you know, the rate ups. Oh, so. is that right? Yes. Okay. So, well, speak. one I'm pretty sure you're gonna like. So we're gonna see. He, he's he's tremendous. So yeah. All right. Well, we're just gonna segue right there into the Raiders because um, it's the best for last, and I'm the host. So what I say goes. Um, <laughs> so the Las Vegas Raiders have the 17th pick in this year's draft, and look, our offensive line was beat up last year. Richie Incognito went out. And was gone for really the entire year. Uh, Rodney Hudson is now gone, uh, but we need to shore up off our our offensive line. I love the pickup with Kenyon Drake from the Arizona Cardinals and via free agency in the running back to pair with Jacob uh, Josh Jacobs. And look, 
Derek Carr, feast or famine, love him or hate him, he gets the job done. And in this fourth year with John Gruden, this is where the rubber has to meet the road for the Raiders. And the Raiders' needs are as such as this, right tackle, okay, safety. Even though we did get Carl Joseph back, which I don't understand that, well, maybe because with our new defensive coordinator uh, who has a cover three guy, maybe he'll play better in the cover three. And then we need some linebacker help as well, and I would like to see us maybe get another another receiver. We're set at quarterback. We're set at tight end with Daniel, uh, with Darren Waller. We're set at receiver with Henry Rux the third, Hunter Riffro, as well as uh, Carl Edwards. He's going to be a beast this year, and we're set at running back. So for us, I would like to see us get some more help on the D-line. Of course, we already have Max Crosby and got uh, Yannick Naguko from the – did I say his name right? Yannick Naguko from the Baltimore Ravens. That was a big pickup. Also got Solomon Thomas from the 49ers. I mentioned that earlier. So there's depth there on the defensive line. But, Jay, you said you had a defensive line in mind for us. Speak it. Jalen Phillips. Okay. Miami. Edge. He's an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. So and he's, he's super athletic. I mean, he he was in 2017 across many recruiting boards, number one recruit in the nation. You know, he had some injury issues, which, you know, when you start digging, that's going to be the big question. You know, that's going to come into a huge play. But Jalen Phillips, as far as play on the field and potential, like size, build, you talk about strength. Man, putting him next to, you know, Solomon Thomas, oh, my goodness. Like, that defensive line is going to be impressive. And then, of course, if if that doesn't intrigue you, the TCU uh, safety, Maury, is a, is a playmaking safety. So, those are the two guys I like at the Raiders. Right. And, look, our defensive backfield is a little bit crowded. And Trayvon Mullen from Clemson, I believe he went to Clemson, uh, he struggled at times last year. As a matter of fact, I saw the game, the replay of the game against the Chargers on Thursday Night Football last year. And, man, that dude just struggled so mightily. Jonathan Abram, I'm, I'm scared for Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram is a human missile. And if he does not calm down, he ain't going to be in the league very long. And he is a big play guy. He is a big hitter. He is the best blitzer on our defense. But if that dude does not learn how to chime it down a little bit, man, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be a little uh I'm gonna be a little bit scared. Now, we also have Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby and David Irving, uh, Solomon Thomas, Carl Nassib, Yannick Naguku, okay, and Jonathan Hankins as well. So our defensive line seems to be stacked. We seem to be stacked on the D-line. Now, they actually have, you're not gonna believe this. On the depth chart, they actually have <laughs> they actually have Jonathan Abram as a uh, I'm sorry, yeah, they actually have Jonathan Abram as a strong side linebacker. Hmm, that sounds familiar. And I know he he did do a little bit of that at Mississippi State, and you know Corey Littleton was good. You know Nick Kwiatkowski that we got in free agency, he was really good last year as well. I just believe that Dennis Reed's. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen's approach to defense is going to shock some people around the league, and the Raiders' defense is going to go from historically bad to surprisingly very good. At least that's what my hope is. 
I, I can see that because there's another coach that just arrived somewhere that that's what they're trying to do is move a safety to a linebacker for that specific reason. That's the only reason when you just said it and, and it made me think about it. That's the exact thing that the Cowboys are looking at Keanu Neal for. And you think about the same it, for like a linebacker that can come down and be a bone cruncher really is what they, I guess they want them to be. And, but they have the speed to cover. And, and, and think, let's think about it from this standpoint too, John is this is that more offenses are going to three wide sets. So, yes, and then with people like Kyle Pitts, you got to have somebody like that, actually. Yeah, so if, if you're seeing if you're seeing these offenses go to more three wide sets with a prominent tight end that can line up outside in a slot or in line, mm-hmm. that strategy on defense with something somebody like Abrams probably wouldn't be a bad idea because he can cover good enough and we know he can play the run, and we know he can blitz. So, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Raiders. Um, look, I had a, there was a there's this kid out of uh, Penn State, the, the linebacker. I forgot his name. I know you got the name for me right there. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. What's his name? Uh. He was I think Sean Lee. Yeah, and then the kid from the University of Tulsa, he won the Buckets Award. Oh, no, no, not Sean Lee, but I know who you're talking about. You're talking about uh, Collins from Tulsa. Yeah. And, uh, like, you're talking about, oh, oh, a white, a wee. Yeah, I yeah. know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those guys had their, their workout. I mean, Collins, to me, I think he's a, a – man, he's going to be nice. Like, I really – I'm a fan of his, so I don't want to talk too much, give all my cowboy information <laughs> out, but <laughs> – I would love to double dip. Is all I'm gonna say in the first round. So, yeah, yeah, that that would be tight. Um, yeah, his, and that actually the 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 linebacker from Notre Dame as well. He's a beast too. Yep. Jeremiah Osu, uh, mm-hmm. Karamoa. He is a beast also. So this this first round, man, is is ripe with a lot of great defensive talent. And look, I want to go through this mock ja- draft real quick uh, from the CBS Sports line, okay. CBSSports.com. Of course, they have Trevor Wilson or Trevor Lawrence rather going to the Jaguars at number one. Zach Wilson from BYU going to the Jets at number two. San Francisco 49ers, Mac Jones, number four pick, Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. Now, let me ask you about Atlanta's pick because a lot seems to be on the table in terms of how much does Matt Ryan have left in the tank. Um. So should be should they be thinking possibly about his heir apparent at this point, or is it that Kyle Pitts is arguably the best prospect, not just in this at his position, but in the entire draft? I mean, in a way, I mean, I would look at it like if if it was me and I was running the Falcons, I would draft quarterback because you know Matt Ryan, you know the the proof at this point the proof's in the pudding. I'm not saying that you know a change of scenery is needed, but that might be something that they can look, and if they go ahead and draft a quarterback now, they can possibly, if Matt Ryan does excel, they can use that as a future to get the first-round pick for future picks. Now, if they're just in love with Kyle Pitts, then, you know, of course, that's what it's all going to boil down to at that point. But I think that four is a intriguing spot for a trade-up, and I think that could be a big, huge, you know, ploy that the Falcons are going to try to run all kinds of rumors because – Someone I, I didn't I remember call who saw it, did it, but uh Julio Jones, they were talking about maybe he being rumored as a possible trade. And, you know, if that was the case, then okay, Pitts would be in play at that point because you could get the picks back through Jones. That's true. But 
So and, and the actually Jones was on the Julie Julio Jones was in the trade rumors last year before the deadline, and my Raiders mm-hmm. were actually rumored to be possibly in the hunt for a trade with the Falcons for him. All right, number six, or I'm sorry, number five, Panay Sewell, O tackle from the uh, Oregon Ducks. He opted out last year, but if you look at that dude's tape, he is a road grader, and that is that will be just what the doctor ordered for a Cincinnati team that has Joe Burrow back there at quarterback. Of course, he's not going to be back probably until November at the earliest due to his ACL tear. Um, Miami Dolphins trying to get some help for Tua Tagovailoa, Jamar Chase out of LSU, and you know what? I forgot about this, Jay. When Jamar Chase, when Jamar Chase, Marshall, Moss, and Jefferson were all together at LSU, Jamar Chase was the best receiver out of all of them. And you're right, and and I'm gonna tell you, I know some people that that they tell me that Jamar Chase is the real deal, so. Like I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing if he goes to Miami. It could be, it could be very potent for the Miami Dolphins. All right. You know. Yeah. I mean. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, the boards are sliding right to them, so they they would be like ecstatic to be able to get up to number six and be able to get the pick that probably the Eagles would have wanted the whole time. And this is a we gotta remember this is a Miami team that finished ten and six last year, but did not make the playoffs. They had a couple tough losses that would have put them over the top and they kind of had their big three two men with Tagovailoa as well as uh Miles Gaskin at running back Devontae Parker at receiver and look Mike Gusecki he's rapidly climbing up the charts as far as one of being one of the best tight ends in all of football as well all right so number seven that would have Jalen Waddle from Alabama falling to Detroit um poor Detroit oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah all right, and then here we go right here. Justin Fields at number eight going to the Carolina Panthers. Okay, so let's stop here for just a minute because they already have Teddy Bridgewater and mm-hmm. they already have Sam Darnold via trade. Getting Justin Fields would do what? I guess maybe just, you know, farm system. At that point, because, I mean, you're just stacking quarterbacks because, you know, the way I look at it is through the draft, you either trying – you're doing one or two things. You either feel a need because you're trying to win this year or you feel a need because you know that either a need's going to come up next year or the year after, or, you know, because that's how general managers look at the landscape. And so I really, you know, looking at it through that perspective, it, it's difficult for me to see exactly, you know, what Carolina is doing other than possibly covering their bases in lieu of a possible trade down. And when you have three quarterbacks, potential three quarterbacks, um, there's trade bait for all of them, except for the one they're going to pick. Exactly. Because and, and, go, ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to talk about cause their money, you know, cause people don't re- like fail to realize that yeah, Bridgewater is making decent money, but he's not making, $40 million a year. So they have the room cap wise that they can work the deal. So it's not a, they have, they realize, I guess they have an asset. They can go one or two ways. And then if nothing else, if like for Justin Fields, you know, if the, you know, the medical issue is an issue, that would be a perfect, okay. We can, you know, work our way into it. We got two veteran quarterbacks right now. We can see what they're all about. And then, you know, hopefully the medical situation takes care of itself. Is what I'm looking at. If I was a Carolina fan or a general manager, that's the way I would approach it. 
And you gotta think about it like this too, as far as Carolina goes. They just signed Christian McCaffrey running back to a huge extension. Sam Darnold is actually still on his rookie deal. Justin Fields would of course be on a rookie deal. And as you said, Bridgewater's making I think twenty six million a year, which is peanuts in comparison to what the market's saying right now. So if I am the general manager, if I'm Matt Rue, the head coach of the Panthers, I'm I'm gonna be moving either Bridgewater or Darnold for sure. And whoever stays um will be in competition with whoever I pick, whether it's Justin Fields or whoever uh, at quarterback. That way they can solidify themselves now with sort of a bridge quarterback while having their guy in the hip pocket and having their big home run hitter at running back. And, oh, by the way, they got some nice weapons on the outside as well. All right, John, we got about, mm, let's see, we ain't got much We ain't got much time left, man. We only got like five yeah. minutes left to go. So let's move on uh, talking about this draft because we're going to try to get through the first round because when we go to TJ's on Thursday, we're only going to do the first round anyway. So uh, let's pick up there. Justin Fields, number nine, we have Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman, going to – uh, the Denver Broncos at number nine. He's from Northwestern. So if they're going to pick an O-line or O-lineman, they're going to either try to continue to develop Drew Locke or try to get somebody in free agency or, mm-hmm. I don't know, see if they can get somebody uh, later down the line as far as the quarterback goes. Number 10, we talked about it just a few minutes ago. Number 11, the New York Giants. They're scheduled or they're, this mock has them picking Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith. Wide receiver from Alabama. Okay, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Smith, Daniel Jones. Um, who else they have at receiver? They have Sterling Shepard. What? <laughs> hey, that that would be intriguing. You know, it, it would be. I just feel like some of these people that are doing these mock drafts, they're so in love with the – I feel like I'm an offensive-minded person, but, like, the defensive players, I got to give them some love because, like – I mean, this is a deep draft for defense. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm just shocked that some of these, you know, I just, well, just real quick with the Giants, you know, I'm on defense with them because they, the Parsons would be a nice fit there. You know, that's what I'm looking at. So, but, and you know. And their defense did improve over time last year. Um, they do, of course, have Dexter Lawrence. I think he also went to Clemson. Blake Martinez at linebacker. That dude is a beast. And James Bradbury, look, that dude can play too. And, of course, Jabril, mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers at safety. So, And they got Adoree Jackson in free agency. So, look, if they can get some, 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 some pressure on the quarterback, man, with those front four guys and maybe add a piece, then you may be right because, look, their offense is going to be centered around Saquon. And, of course, mm-hmm. they did sign Kenny Galladay in the offseason. And Evan Ingram at tight end, when he can stay healthy, he's a good tight end. Kyle Rudolph, who they got uh, after they uh, after Rudolph was let go by the Vikings, he's there. So they've got enough offensive pieces, in my opinion. I think they would be better suited going defense, like you said. All right, so uh, here's <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Patrick Sertain, the second. Wow. I mean, wow. Christian Derisaw, L.A. Chargers, offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan. He is a beast as well. He will be staying in the Big Ten, Big Ten territory. J.C. Horn, <laughs> the 15th pick by your Dallas Cowboys. Number 16, 
Alicia Vera Tucker, offensive lineman out of USC. Raiders, Jeremiah Awusu Koroma at linebacker, Notre Dame. We talked about that. And then the Alabama's second pick in the first round, Najee Harris, who many people say is the best running back coming out of this year's draft. What say you, John? Oh, I definitely think he is. Like, I mean, if right now, like, I would, a team like Arizona or a team that's deep that's looking to win right now that needs a solid, you know, something that just give them another weapon to help with the offense that they already have, Najee Harris going to, you know, there. Or, I mean, I could think of a couple other teams off the top of my head, but Arizona's a nice fit. Yeah, and – uh Look, they, they got Isaiah Simmons last, in last year's draft. He kind of struggled a little bit, but when you are a freaking nature like that dude is, you can only get get better. Um, yeah, so with with look with with what they already have on offense, I mean, losing Kenyon Drake is gonna be a little be be a little bit of a blow. But hey, you can get running backs from just about anywhere. All right, so let's run through this real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamin Davis, uh, linebacker from Kentucky, going to the Washington Football Team. Mm -hmm. Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech, going to the Bears. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State, going to the Indianapolis Colts as though as if they needed any more offensive linemen in Indianapolis. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> Jalen Phillips, edge out of Miami, who you mentioned earlier. John to the Tennessee Titans at the 22nd pick. Carlos Basham Jr., edge out of Wake Forest, going to the Jets in their second first-round pick. Uh, Jason Away. Penn State edge, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers twenty four, Levi or Levi Anwazerski <laughs> out of Washington. You know what? Washington players have some of the weirdest names. Vita Vea, Buda Baker. They got the all weird name team uh, uh, from Washington. All right, number twenty six, Michael Parsons. That's the linebacker I was talking about from uh, Penn State going to Cleveland. And Cleveland, you better watch out for them. Aziz Ajilari. Georgia, Edge going to the Ravens at 27 as though they needed any more offensive linemen. New Orleans Saints picking Greg, uh, Greg Newsom, the second cornerback from New Northwestern. Number 29, Kadarius Toney, Florida wide receiver going to Green Bay. About time that you guys get some help for Aaron Rodgers in the first round, although it might be too little too late. Zavin Collins, Tulsa linebacker, the Buckets Award winner going to Buffalo at number 30. Number 31, Terrence Marshall Jr., going to the Baltimore Ravens at 31 from LSU, and then Trayvon Morick, safety from TCU, going to the Cowboys at the 32nd pick. John, that's going to wrap it up, man, for this episode of the OT. Any final thoughts? I'm just looking forward to a wonderful week, and bless, thank you, God, and praise God for all of his glory. Amen to that. And, uh, look, with that being said, we're going to jump on about it here. So, four. The dopest engineer in the game, Big Day, who's not actually here. Four, Michael James Hamilton the second, Corey Ellison, John Molly, Willie Epstein Jr. You've been listening to the Shakeback Sports Show OT right here on the BT Sports Network. Y'all take care of each other. Y'all hug each other. Y'all leave each other. And we'll talk to y'all again real soon. Peace. We are out of here. Right now, you know, we gonna love you and how we just chill.